if I'm Canelo Alvarez, I'd be very worried as we get closer to his fight with Floyd Mayweather on September 14th. Now what is there to be worried about, you're wondering? Well, you're probably wondering that if you're, you know, betting on Alvarez. But anyway, what is there to be worried about? Well, let's look back at history, and you'll see that whenever Oscar De La Hoya heavily hypes a Mexican or a Mexican-American fighter, they tend to suffer a loss. Now, example number one, Victor Ortiz. He was billed as the next golden boy, a rising star, and then he quits against Marcos Maidana when the going got tough. He made a good bounce back, and he won a welterweight title from Andre Berto, and then he pissed away all that goodwill with a headbutt and then a knockout loss to Floyd Mayweather Jr. in four rounds. The last time we saw him in the ring, he got his jaw broken by Josita Lopez, and so far all he's done is appear on Dancing with the Stars, and there's talk that he may make a comeback towards the end of the year. Uh, example number two, Abner Mares, young Mexican, three-time champion, being hailed by Oscar as one of the best pure boxers in the sport today. I was seeing tweets on his Twitter account, and then he gets knocked out in one round by Johnny Gonzalez this past weekend. And by the way, I'm very certain that I did see tweets where Oscar was, you know, hyping Mares up, and I just wanted to go back and look at those tweets again when I, you know, saw that Mares lost. And I don't know, either I dreamed that I read tweets about Oscar De La Hoya hyping Abner Mares, or he deleted them. I, I want to say that he deleted them, but I don't have any proof. But at the same time, I'm not going to say, oh, it was just a dream that I had. No, that's that's not going to happen. So, if I'm Alvarez, I'd be asking Oscar, could you please tune down the rhetoric just a teensy bit? In fact, if you watched uh, this, pa this weekend's All Access, then that's probably something that you've already said a few times. I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to BoxingForFree.com's podcast. Uh, before we get into all access, let's take a look at Mares versus Gonzalez and other news that's been uh, floating around the internet lately. A lot of people were saying that Mares was overlooking and undervaluing Gonzalez as a former champion. And if that's true, then it showed because Gonzalez knocked him out with just a few seconds to go in the opening round. It was actually, from my standpoint, from when I was watching it, it was looking to be a very even round until the knockdown. I was surprised that uh, Mares was able to get up, but uh, I was even more surprised that he decided to just stand and trade with Gonzalez even though he was hurt, and he had to have known that he was hurt. He was just standing there against the ropes, trading, and I couldn't figure out for the life of me why he wouldn't move to give himself some more time to clear his head. I mean, there wasn't that much time left in the round. I don't know why he did that. I was watching thinking, why aren't you holding? Hold on to him. Don't let go. Let the referee really get in there and have to break it up between the two of you. But he didn't. And that just confused the hell out of me. I don't know uh, what's next for him. He says that he needs a vacation and Golden Boy has uh, Golden Boy Promotions has said that he's not going to be back until next year. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a showdown between him and Onito Donaire. It was a big fight back then. It was um, 
it lost some of the luster when Donaire was outclassed by Guillermo Rigondeau, but it it could still make a lot of money, and it could still be a very exciting fight, but if Donaire is still signed to top rank, I don't expect it to happen right away. I've heard some people also saying that the, the fight was stopped too early, but I've also seen as uh, just as many people saying that it was a good stoppage, and that uh, Mares, you know, he just looked like he was out of it. I didn't have any problem with the stoppage myself. I didn't think that it was terrible or anything. He looked hurt. Anyway, let's move on to uh, another story. Now, there was a rumor that Manny Pacquiao sprained his ankle playing basketball this week. However, it was recently reported on BoxingScene.com that there were no signs of him being bothered by it when he did uh, 10 rounds on the training mitts. I'd like to add that this supposed injury occurred after Pacquiao played three straight games of basketball. Um, I just don't get why Pacquiao does this. I know that he loves to play basketball, and there's no problem with that, but why you're doing three straight games, especially when you're getting ready to prepare for, you know, your big comeback fight against Brandon Rios. Yes, this is light training. Yes, Freddie Roach hasn't arrived in the Philippines to start the camp yet, but if this were me, if I'm Manny Pacquiao, I really wouldn't want anything to jeopardize this fight from being postponed or canceled. If it were me, I'd be living kind of like a monk. I'd just eat, sleep, and train, but uh, again, I'm not a professional boxer or even amateur. I'm just, uh, I'm just a podcaster and a blogger. Uh, moving on. Now, uh, some of you, those of you who uh, who follow me on Facebook at Boxing for Free, y- you may have seen me mention this story uh, earlier, and I don't know if it's a joke or a serious story that somehow comes off as a joke, but former heavyweight champion Riddick Bowe, whom we last saw uh, getting his ass kicked in Muay Thai, Uh, has decided that he's going to try his hand at professional wrestling. Yeah. Okay, because enough people aren't complaining that wrestling sucks enough as it is. Uh, According to the website WrestlingRumors.net, former WWE and ECW wrestler Tommy Dreamer has contacted Bo in a bid to help him train for a career in wrestling, and uh, apparently Tommy Dreamer has said that he will train him for free. Uh, the story was mentioned on the Wrestling Rumors Twitter account, and Bo replied to the story saying that it wasn't a rumor, that it was all true, and that he wants Hulk Hogan as his warm-up fight. And this would be exciting news if this were, you know, 1991 or 1992 when Bo first won the title from Holyfield and Hogan was still in the WWF or the or the WWE, whatever, but it's 2013, Bo should stay far away from combat sports unless he's training people, I mean, somebody recommend shuffleboard or freaking fishing to Riddick Bo, just say, hey Riddick, here's, you know, a fishing rod, some worms, you know, have fun, you know, and maybe you can be on TV, I don't know, do they still show, you know, fishing on TV? 
because whenever they did when I was a kid I would just change the channel anyway yeah tell Riddick Bowe to stay the hell away from anything that involves a ring and him being in it and Hulk Hogan I don't even know if he wrestles anymore I know he's on TNA but you know, I don't know if he wrestles because the only way I get information about wrestling is if I listen to my buddies on the Ring Crew show. And I don't know if they know about the story yet, but they'll probably be able to analyze the wrestling aspect of this story better than I can, you know, to determine whether Hogan will job to Bo or not. Uh, you know, based on what I've read about Hogan, he will not job. So, uh... <laughs> Either way, I hope for Bo's sake and for the sake of TNA's credibility, what little there is, that they also say, um, no, you know, no thanks, Riddick, but here, here's a free ticket to one of our shows. Seriously, nobody wants to watch Hulk Hogan wrestle now, so who would want to watch him wrestle a former heavyweight champion whom nobody in the general public would recognize, and if you mentioned his name, they would probably say, Who? I suppose the only good thing about this story is that it allows me to play this overused clip once again. What you gonna do when Hulkamania runs wild on Although these days it's kind of more like what you gonna do when Hulkamania hobbles over you with the aid of a walker. Okay, let's get to the real meat of this podcast, which is the premiere of All Access Mayweather vs. Alvarez. Now, uh, the first thing that really stood out to me was that, you know, once the credits were uh, done, this documentary series didn't start with Floyd Mayweather, who's usually the focus. It starts with uh, Alvarez and his love of shoes as well as his ability to speak some English. So Canelo likes his shoes and Floyd as you know he likes to spend money, he likes to spend lots of it especially on himself and his friends and uh, it's all about the jewelry with him. I don't wear that, that rinky dink shit. I wear rocks. Oh, I wear rocks, not me. All you guys out there, you understand? You're getting different type of money when the security is shining. Yeah. Uh, that last voice you heard uh, was actually, I believe, an employee of the jewelry shop. And if there's uh, nothing more cringeworthy to the ears, it's the sound of a nerdy Jewish guy pretending that he's black and from the ghetto. Just throwing that out there in case you didn't know it. it <laughs> I'm sorry, the guy looks like Mort Goldman from Family Guy, and he's trying to act like he's part of the money team. <laughs> Come on, you gotta have a laugh at that. Uh, so we see that, and uh, then we get on to the press conference tour, and I gotta give credit to the boxers who do stuff like that, who do all the press conferences, because I can imagine that going from place to place, all that traveling, just to say 90% of the same thing you said at the last pre press conference, that's gotta get pretty boring after a while. New York Times Square, I got one question for you. Who's the one? <laughs>
For the first stop on their unprecedented tour, Times Square is shut down to welcome the two fighters. Though Canelo Alvarez is significantly younger than his opponent, he is equally adept at working a crowd. And if the bright lights of the Big Apple are nothing new to Floyd Mayweather, sharing the spotlight is. He's a young champion, and he earned his right to be up here with me. And come September 14th, it's the best versus the best. And now we got to, uh, we got to unfortunately brace ourselves for the most, uh, probably the most irritating part, probably not just of this episode, but of all future episodes that he'll be featured in. Oscar De La Hoya. Floyd Mayweather and Oscar De La Hoya have often found each other intolerable. But when it comes to making mega fights, they keep the relationship professional, if less than cordial. The last time they spent this much time together, they went on to set boxing's all-time pay-per-view record. Do this one uh, and break our record. A figure that still stands unchallenged six years later. Let's see. Our 2007 fight will never be forgotten. Sorry to interrupt, but the only reason that fight is never going to be forgotten is because idiot sports writers declared it the fight to save boxing. Ta 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 ta. And only because the hype for that fight was more exciting than the fight itself. I'll let you continue uninterrupted now. There was a lot of bad blood, there was a lot of animosity and and hate towards each other. You know, there's a still this little thorn in me that's stuck. Stop, right stop, inside. stop, stop. There's still this little thorn in you? Yeah, I, I'm sure it's little, and by little, I think you mean the size of the Starship Enterprise. I'm, I'm talking about like if it was real and life size. You know what? Shut up. You know what? There is no way in hell that the thorn you have against Mayweather is small. Otherwise, you would not have been constantly giving advice on how to beat him. Like, you wouldn't be giving advice to every opponent he's faced since you. Okay? You wouldn't be doing that if it was just a little thorn. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know it's your job as the promoter to hype the fight, to build your fighter up, to give him the confidence that he'll need. But, come on. Oscar, at this point, you are treating Canelo like he's an avatar character in a video game. His success, it will be your success. His failure will be your failure, too, unfortunately. And I, I know this is unrelated as hell to the episode, but I, I read an article earlier today on BoxingScene.com, and... It's the most bizarre thing I can... Well, I don't even want to say bizarre. It's freaking stupid on Oscar De La Hoya's part. He said uh, in the article that he felt that he actually did beat Mayweather. And I heard him say that after the fight had happened, when he was being interviewed by Larry Merchant. And yeah, you go 12 rounds with the best fighter on the planet, and one of the judges gives you the nod, but in the end you still lose... I can understand, like, yeah, I feel I won the fight, but I've got issues, or I have a issue, a Ring Magazine, a specific issue, 
that where he clearly says, you know, I got tired and he was able to dominate and win the fight. I've heard him admit several times that yes, Mayweather won the fight. So quit with this b flipping back and forth about, oh, he beat me. No, I won. You know, unfortunately, somebody could, uh, a credible sports journalist could say, well, hold on, Oscar. Didn't you say, you know, back in this article that, you know, you admit that Mayweather won the, f that Mayweather won? But Oscar could easily spin that and say, oh, no, 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 you know, Mayweather got the decision, but I was the real winner. <sighs> See, the problem is, I like Oscar De La Hoya as, I like Oscar De La Hoya the fighter, instead of Oscar De La Hoya the promoter slash human being sometimes. Because I'm sure he's a decent human being, but Jesus Christ, just stick to your guns for once. Anyway, that's my mini rant on him. Back to the episode. Floyd Mayweather's been delayed, but hopefully he'll be here momentarily. So, Floyd shows up late for a press conference, or he just doesn't show up at all. I, I imagine that he just showed up late, but Canelo did the right thing. He said, you know, I'm not going to wait for, for uh, Floyd. He thinks that all boxers have to wait for him. I'm not. He did the right thing. He kind of stepped up and said, no, I'm going to make this my press conference then to hell with Mayweather and his, you know, lack of respect towards the Mexican fans. So, I don't know. That's not exactly going to give him any sort of advantage in the fight, but, you know, it was a smart thing to do. So, uh... We move from Mexico into uh, the press conference in L.A., and I thought this was, um, I think this was Floyd's best moment at any of the press conferences. I mean, I didn't watch all of them, but from what I've seen on All Access, I think this was his best moment so far. I'm just going to play it for you. Without any further ado, he is boxing's biggest star, hailing out of Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, Saul. I've been sitting on the top of the throne for 17 years. You know what? You know what told me to go to work. I done beat everybody on your host, the whole crew. I respect that he's beaten everybody, you know, and he still has that O on his record. But one thing that Mayweather has to understand is that my fighter's gonna kick your ass. Canelo is such a big star, but he's never been on pay-per-view unless he was on my undercard. But he's such a big star. He's such a big star, Oscar. I'm young, I'm fly, I'm flashy, I'm rich. Damn, life is good. Sing me September 14th. That was, that was really great from Floyd. I mean, I'll admit, I'm not the biggest fan of his antics, but the way he fired that back at, at Oscar, you know, telling him that he should be the one called the Golden Boy because he's beaten all of his Golden Boy fighters, I thought that was brilliant. And um, I actually looked at it, you know, he's, he says a few times in the episode that they've built Canelo up by always putting him on his undercards. I, I checked uh, the dates. Uh, Canelo's only fought on two of uh, Floyd Mayweather's undercards, so not a lot of validity behind that claim, but still, that was a really good zinger that he threw at Oscar De La Hoya, and you could tell that 
that tiny, tiny little thorn in Oscar De La Hoya's size grew three sizes that day. <laughs> so we get that, and then it uh, cuts to train at the Mayweather Boxing Gym. It's stuff that we have seen before. Floyd boasting, showing off his skill, and it doesn't look like he's missing a beat. You know, the usual cast of familiar characters are there. Rafael Garcia, uh, Leonard Ellerby, Uncle Roger, and of course, Floyd Mayweather Sr. I said to you once again, but you can hear it. He's back. It's amazing. Ain't no jive. My son comes alive. We you know you brass, fast, talk a lot of trash. Come tonight, Canelo be fat on his ass. I would like to point out that I've heard better rhyming in the trailer for Dolomite than the actual Dolomite movie. From the first to the last, I give them the blast so fast that their life is passed before their ass has even hit the grass. Now, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to play a lot of uh, the stuff that happens on Canelo's side, mainly because it's all spoken in Spanish, and you don't want to hear something you don't understand only to have me translate it, because that's just a waste of time, to be honest. But uh, the scene at his gym shows how he was uh, a young amateur with his with his brothers, and how his trainer saw him and thought that he was going to get brutally beaten up in this fight, but he won, and how they've been working together ever since. And it also goes into detail how, or why he started fighting, that's because he used to get in fights at school, because all the kids would pick on him, his mother didn't want him to fight, but he figured it was the only way to get them to stop making fun of him. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice segment that gives you a lot of insight into, uh, you know, how he really began as a fighter and how he started to excel. Uh, then, you know, there's there's some other scene at the Mayweather Boxing Gym where he does some sparring for 21 or 22 minutes straight, but that's not on camera because sparring's not allowed to be filmed, so I can't comment on it, other than the fact that uh, his sparring partner didn't look beat up afterwards, and Floyd himself said that he can't punch hard because he worries about breaking his hand and he doesn't want to do that and put the fight off. And uh, then we get to see Floyd Mayweather, the promoter, when he watches uh, one of his fighters, Mickey Bay, go against John Molina. And I uh, totally forgot that that was a fight under his promotion company. But a uh, very good fight because Mickey Bay is dominating and... All of a sudden, in the 10th round, uh, Molina's able to come back, and he knocks Bay out, and Floyd's very philosophical about it, and, uh, you know, you'd, you'd expect him to be upset, and but no, he, he was very calm and collected about it, and very philosophical, as I said. I mean, like I said, it's stuff that we probably wouldn't see on 24-7, unfortunately. And the rest of the episode is um, pretty standard. Canelo, you know, relaxes with his brothers. He rides a horse on the beach, which looks like something you'd see in a cologne commercial. I don't know. Uh, he also talks about his daughter, how he got a girl pregnant at 16, and he's been 
you know, helping take care of this little girl. It's a good episode. And, oh, yeah, there's also the scene where Floyd is honored by the uh, Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame for all that he's done being named Fighter of the Year. It was a good episode. Not the greatest, but I expect things to get better as the weeks progress. There's going to be another episode uh, all the way up to the fight itself, which is in just a little over three weeks' time. I can't wait for that fight to happen. I can't wait for the next episode either. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's all we've got for you this week, but we're reaching the 25-minute mark anyway, so that's probably a good time to end this. Be sure to go to BoxingForFree.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on Twitter, do all that social network stuff that will get our podcasts, blogs, and everything out there. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.